The Clean Power Hour is brought to you by CPS America, the maker of North America's number one three-phase string inverter. With over six gigawatts shipped in the U.S., the CPS America product lineup includes three-phase string inverters ranging from 25 to 275 kW. Their flagship inverter, the CPS 250-275, is designed to work with solar plants ranging from 2 megawatts to 2 gigawatts. The 250-275 pairs well with CPS America's exceptional data communication, controls, and energy storage solutions. Go to chintpowersystems.com to find out more. You know, each area of renewables has its own challenges. For, you know, DG solar, so smaller scale solar projects, the one of the biggest things that we struggle with is, you know, again, the projects are small, generally speaking. Community solar gardens are somewhere between, generally between two and like seven megawatts. Um, and, and you can't go out and finance them and have investor due diligence absolutely every single area of every single project because you're just going to kill the deal with, with all of these costs that you're incurring, right? Today on the Clean Power Hour... Community Solar. My guest today is the CFO of Nautilus Solar, Camelia Miu. Welcome to the show, Camelia. Thanks for having me. So happy to have Nautilus on the show finally. I got to know Nick out of Enola. Shout out to Nick a few years ago when he was kicking the tires on the Illinois market. <laughs> and uh, I don't think you guys actually did get involved in anything uh, firm at that time, but now. You yourself are based in Illinois. I was happy to learn in the pre-show. So great to have a uh, Nautilus operation happening in the Midwest. Congratulations. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got interested in working in the clean energy industry. Sure, absolutely. And again, thanks thanks for having me. I, I really appreciate the opportunity. Um, about myself, so I have been with Nautilus for a short or long eight months, whichever way you want to look at it. I uh, started in August of last year, but before that, I spent about eight years in um, doing finance for DG solar projects. And before then, probably another eight to nine years in, in wind and, and, and primarily in the development world, working for developers in different capacities. So I've been uh, kind of, a, you know, I've been in the renewable energy for quite a long time. Yeah. And, and what was the original attraction, though, to clean energy? I wish I had a, you know, a more interesting and, and better story than this, but uh, I was actually... I was getting my MBA. I was working at um, an industrial company, nothing related to, to renewables. And I got a call from a recruiter saying, I have this, this great opportunity for you. At the time, this is probably, you know, somewhere circa 2006. I feel like every time I was opening, you know, a copy of The Economist or any, you know, sort of major newspaper, there was always an article on renewable energy, green energy, like it was just kind of the rage, the new thing coming up. Um, so, so when he actually told me about the opportunity, that's sort of what sort of perked my ears. And I was like, I, I really kind of want, want to explore this, but it wasn't really me seeking it out personally. Um, and, and I went and, and I interviewed with, with the company at the time and I really enjoyed the people. Um, I, you know, I, I really saw myself trying to get into an industry where I do something good for the world. So that's, yeah. that was sort of It is a feel-good working in solar. We are cleaning the grid. We are decarbonizing the economy. 
and this is so essential in this day and age when we have 800 gigatons of carbon that we need to suck out of the atmosphere. Uh, but Camelia, I, lear- I learned that you grew up in Romania, of all places, and then moved to the U.S. Where, did, where and how did you end up coming to the U.S.? Yeah, so I, you know, to your point, I, I am from Illinois. Um, I live in Chicago. So at age 13, my parents decided to immigrate to the U.S. We already had family there. So my dad's parents were already here and his sister and brother-in-law and their kids were already here. So it was, you know, trying to get away from the communist regime. And, um, this was 1989. So, um, so that's, that's, basically what was the, the impetus for us uh, for us coming over here. And then so when we arrived, uh, my family had already, they were established in the suburbs of Chicago. We moved in with them for a little bit, um, then moved out on our own. Uh, my parents still live in the suburbs of Chicago, and I am I am a city girl. Okay. What part of Chicago? I am in West Town. Okay. Gotcha. So yeah, my, my family are uh, from the north, the near north suburbs. And so I'm a North Sider, but I grew up elsewhere. I was born in Indiana, grew up in New Mexico, New Jersey, and Southern California before returning to the Midwest. And, uh, but I keep coming back to the Midwest and I'm, I love the culture. The people are very grounded and we're not the earliest adopters of technology, which is why one of the reasons why solar is, is now just really taking off in the Midwest. We also have cheap energy, which I'm sure you know all about. Um, you know, I, I as a resident pay four and a half cents a KWH and that's very cheap. Uh, you know, here in California, uh, residents are paying in the 20 plus cents, uh, and, and sometimes more when, you know, at peak. Uh, peak demand. But give us a sense of what you guys are up to at Nautilus and what is it that makes you different than other community solar developers? Um, what we are up to first. So, so again, we, um, we've been in business for 15 years. We're actually celebrating our, our 15th birthday of Nautilus oh. this year. Um, and, and we do specialize. We've sort of, um, at some point decided to focus primarily on community solar. So, so we even more specialized than just DG solar. We do, um, we do just seek, um, projects in states that have community solar programs. We found that that was, an area where we had really good expertise and, and rather than just trying to kind of flounder around and be everything to everybody, we've decided to just, you know, kind of hone in on an area where we can be good, where we can be really competitive and where we can, you know, really do some good business. So that was sort of the, the impetus for, for, for focusing on, on community solar uh, projects. As far as sort of our um, our business model, uh, we generally don't develop projects ourselves. We buy early stage development assets from channel partners. Uh, we've also grown significantly through M and A activities. Um, we have doubled in the last year. We have doubled the number of of megawatts that we have in the ground, and and we kind of have a a fairly aggressive plan for for twenty twenty two as well. Yeah, and give us a sense of the scale of that portfolio. And so, if I understand correctly, your business model is to acquire projects in some stage of development, 
mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe NTP or earlier normally pre NTP. Mm-hmm. And then um, you are a long-term asset owner though as well, right? That's right. So, so our business model is again, um, find projects, early stage development, enter into purchase agreements. We do generally have our channel partners take those projects and bring them to NTP to your point, right? And then we fully take them over at that point. We construct them, we finance them, and we operate them. Gotcha. Gotcha. And you doubled uh, recently and have ambitious plans. Tell us a little more about that. And what state specifically are you active in? Again, generally speaking, we're active in states that have uh, renewable standards, right, and, and community solar programs. So Maine, Colorado, Rhode Island, um, uh, Minnesota. We are looking at Illinois again now that they've kind of fixed all the issues that, that were happening with, with the program. So um, so we're looking there. We do, you know, and then we're also looking at some early stage States, right? They cured like New Mexico, Pennsylvania, Virginia, Wisconsin, that sort of thing, and just kind of keeping an eye on those to see how how they develop and how we can we can snag some good projects in those states. Yep, you got to get in early um, to places like New Mexico, which really just has a pilot program now, a couple hundred megawatts maybe, and um, you know it. it uh, it's somewhat unpredictable how those markets evolve and at what pace, but there's a general trend that more and more states are getting into community solar. It's a nice size, right? You've got these 20 to 40 acre solar farms uh, sprinkled across the landscape and, and then making that energy available to residents and business owners and anybody who wants clean energy, but doesn't have the ability or the desire to put a power plant on their building or their ground. Um, so, you know, it's very popular with uh, local governments and residents alike. And if you don't have a community solar market, get involved in your, you know, solar industry and start to advocate for that because it's it's so vital to have the full spectrum. And of course, you want uh, rooftop solar as well. You know, uh, behind the meter, that starts with net metering and a renewable portfolio standard, as you mentioned, Camellia. So what else is kind of on your radar at Nautilus? Tell us a little bit about what exactly you do at Nautilus. So I'm I'm the CFO of Nautilus. Um, my primary responsibilities um, sort of are around accounting and reporting. So making sure that you know the books are are accurate on on a regular basis, um, and then financial planning and analysis. So you know every year um, we do a budget, making sure that you know we stay we stick as close to to that budget as possible, if not exceed it. Um, we do, you know, kind of just more getting, um, getting the numbers behind a strategy, right? Making sure that 
whatever strategy we want to implement, the numbers make sense and, and they align well with that strategy. So that's kind of the, the financial planning and analysis world. And then sort of the third arm of, of, uh, of my duties is in the capital markets. So I am responsible for taking all of these projects that the team is, is, is bringing in house, bundling them up and going out into the marketplace, um, and finding lenders, tax equity investors, um, to, to finance them. Cool. And how easy or difficult is that financing solar here in 2022? It's not easy. Um, but I feel like no renewable energy really is, is easy. I think, you know, each area of renewables has its own challenges for, you know, DG solar. So smaller scale solar projects, the, one of the biggest things that we struggle with is, you know, again, the projects are small, generally speaking. Community solar gardens are somewhere between, generally between two and like seven megawatts. Um, and and you can't go out and finance them and have investor due diligence absolutely every single area of every single project because you're just going to kill the deal with with all of these costs that you're incurring, right? If you're financing one very large 200 to 600 megawatts utility scale solar or wind project, it's, you know, it's, it's one project that you're due diligencing. It's, it's generally one interconnection agreement, one, you know, one offtake agreement, maybe a couple. With our projects, again, because we do bundle them up as portfolios and we go out to finance them, it is, it's, it's, it's sort of, getting investors into that mentality that, hey, these are, these are smaller projects. There's diversification here. Um, and, and, and let's try to find ways to get them financed without, you know, killing, killing the deal with, with due diligence. That's, that's sort of one area that's, you know, you know, that's, um, challenging. The other one is, you know, on the offtake side, again, we focus primarily on, on community solar projects. And we do have a mix of residential and, and CNI customers for our projects with, you know, and it's just getting lenders comfortable with, especially with the residential part of, part of the business, right? We, um, at, at some point we have decided that, um, we're not requiring FICO scores for customers to get into the program. However, you do have to monitor their FICO scores when they're once they're in the program. Um, so, so now it's, it's, it's getting lenders and, and tax equity investors and everybody else out there comfortable with that approach, right? And, and, and making them understand that it's a good approach. What we actually saw when we did that is that the average FICO scores for our projects increased. So, so yeah, it's, it's just, you know, it's, it's telling that story and it's just getting people that are sitting on the other side of the table from us comfortable with, with what we're doing. In regards to FICO scores, you're referring to community solar subscribers or, okay. Community solar, right. So it's, res, it's generally residential community solar subscribers. So yeah. it's not your, you know, companies that you enter into. Right. That, or either you enter into bi- bilateral PPAs with or that, uh, buy power directly from our projects. It's the residential customers. They can subscribe to the projects. Yeah. Uh, through the the state programs and and for our listeners edification so to speak how does this work for consumers what is the advantage so to speak why do consumers engage and become subscribers to community solar projects i mean i think there are many advantages um um 
They, they do. Actually, we do sell their energy at a discount to them versus what they would pay the utilities. So obviously there is a financial incentive there. But then in addition to that, I think, well, at least for me, the bigger incentive is, is making sure that I promote, you know, the growth of renewable energy. Um, I do think that that's vital to, to us you know, as a nation and, and to the world, right? I, I, to your point, there's so much pollution that we need to combat. And this is one of the many ways that we can do it, right? So there is the social um, aspect of it and actually doing something good for the planet. And, yeah. you know, again, and, and getting a little bit of a discount while you're doing it. So exactly. So you can save money, go green, and, uh, you know, help build a brighter future. That's how I like to phrase it. So what is the, tell us as, uh, to the extent that you can, you know, well, f- I have a couple questions. Uh, lo- love to hear a little bit about the future of Nautilus, but we're here at SAMNA, the Solar Asset Management North America Conference. What is it that brings you to SAMNA uh, what is what is your interest it, per- personally as a as the CFO and um, and Nautilus? Absolutely. Again, Nautilus is in the business of we do have assets that we operate long term and we plan to operate them, you know, for 35, 40 years throughout their useful life. So for the company, I think it's important for all of us to come to these conferences and find out, you know, what the new trends are, where the industry is heading, what others are doing, um, you know, sharing our knowledge and our expertise. And, and, and this is one real good way to to do that. For me personally, again, as the CFO, I'm generally so entrenched in in numbers and and financings and closing the books and, you know, doing forecasts and, and that sort of thing. So asset management is not an area of the business that I generally focus on. So this conference was a good way for me to just come in, learn a little bit more about it, um, you know, and see how I can take some of the information that I can gather here to make Nautilus better, to make us more efficient, you know, to make us more profitable at the end of the day. Yep. And have you had any uh, light bulb moments in the last day and a half? Um, I mean, there is, you know, I, I, I am learning a lot, right? I'm not sure that there was that aha, you know, type of moment yet, but, but there's still time. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not giving up. Yeah. It's been a, a veil has been lifted for me. I come from the development and construction side of the industry. I'm new to asset management and O&M. And so I'm drinking from a fire hose and, and gladly I'm a, I'm a very curious person. I love learning about the entire, um, the entire industry and, and it's a big industry now. Right. There are gigawatts and gigawatts of of solar farms in the United States and and across North America. And that's only uh, going to get more. We're we're still down here. We're starting to take off. But we have a rocket ship ride ahead of us for the next several decades. So if you're not into solar or clean energy industry yet, strongly encourage you to check out solar, wind, energy storage, That is the tripartite, and it is a pure growth economy for the foreseeable future. When you think about these uh, these various forces at play in the economy, 
supply chain issues, uh, geopolitical issues, inflation, labor shortages. There are many challenges that we face. And it's not just the solar industry, of course. Consumer price indexes going up, gasoline and food and clothing are the basics of life are getting more expensive. So what do you think about on a daily basis that, uh, you know, excites you and gives you pause? Yeah, I mean, I think all of the things that you just mentioned, obviously, are, are things that that do give us pause in the industry. Um, us just like everybody else, you know, we're struggling with with supply chain issues with getting equipment, you know, modules and inverters and racking equipment from overseas, you know, into the country on time to make sure that our projects are built and, and that um, they remain you know, generally speaking, the states that have renewable energy standards that there's um, the projects will qualify into those programs, but there are cliff dates, right? So we have to make sure that the projects are brought online before those cliff dates happen. So it's, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of playing with so many different aspects of the business and make sure that they all fit and, and that we stay on track to to be able to achieve that growth that Nautilus has, you know, we we've we've sort of um, promised ourselves that that we are going to achieve. So, uh, but not only that, I mean, again, I think everything that 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 you've noted is 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 a challenge and it's it's a concern right now. Um, we'll see what happens with the with the tariffs on on you know the cells that that right now are under un, under review. Um, you know, that's clearly something that's going to keep all of us awake at night for for the foreseeable future but at the same time it's it is you know i feel like it's there is so much momentum in the industry um you see you know you see these projects pop up everywhere to your point you see more and more states that are like hey we can probably do this right and, and explore that opportunity to bring these type of programs you know in, in their states. And, and I think it's good. I, it's good for consumers. It's good for the environment, right? It's, it's just another way to provide a, a necessity, which is electricity, right? And, and, and to provide it maybe at a cheaper price to the end consumers than they would otherwise get, you know, currently. Yep. Everybody needs electricity. Uh, they don't necessarily need community solar electricity, but they need electricity. And so if we can offer that to them, they can save money. Uh, it's a win-win. And, and that is the basic value proposition of solar, save money, go green, and, uh, and help grow the green economy. So it is, it's, a, it's a feel-good. Uh, so what else should our listeners know in the last few minutes we have together, Camelia, what else should listeners know about Nautilus? And um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I, I've been dying to have Nautilus on the show for two years, <laughs> really. So yeah. thank you, Nick, for finally sealing the deal for us. <laughs> and it was, you know, it was good, good timing here in uh, us being here together in Oakland at Samna. Um, but, uh, but yeah, what is what? What? Tell us a little more about Nautilus. Yeah, I mean, as I mentioned, we are incredibly excited about, you know, we are, we are growing. Um, we have really great plans ahead of us. If you are in a state, uh, that, that does have a, a community solar program, come talk to us. We would be 
absolutely honored to to sell some some green power to you. Um, again, that's the beauty of community solar. You don't, you know, it doesn't have to be on your rooftop, right? As long as, as it's within your utility territory, you can, you know, you can buy power from a project that's a hundred miles away, right? Um, that's, that's the beauty of it. So, so come talk to us. Uh, and if, just if you want to know, you know, if you want to learn anything about, about solar in general, about community solar programs more specifically, um, come talk to us. Uh, we have, we have, you know, come check out our website. Uh, we have a great marketing group. We have a great community solar group that goes out and, and finds, you know, the end users that, um, that use the electricity that our projects produce. So, um, very good. And what is that URL for the website? www.nautilussolar.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Camelia. You can find all of our content at cleanpowerhour.com. I'm Tim Montague, your host. Check us out on your favorite audio platform and on YouTube. We are um, easy to find on your podcast player. Give us a thumbs up. A rating and a review on Apple or Spotify makes a big difference. It helps others find the content. That's the bottom line. We want more people to know what's going on in the solar industry so that we can help them find their way to the industry or grow further into the industry. With that, let's grow solar and storage. I'm Tim Montague. Thank you so much. The Clean Power Hour is brought to you by CPS America, the maker of North America's number one three-phase string inverter. With over six gigawatts shipped in the U.S., the CPS America product lineup includes three-phase string inverters ranging from 25 to 275 kW. Their flagship inverter, the CPS 250-275, is designed to work with solar plants ranging from 2 megawatts to 2 gigawatts. The 250-275 pairs well with CPS America's exceptional data communication, controls, and energy storage solutions. Go to chintpowersystems.com to find out more.